All right. Good evening and welcome to Lost in a Long Box for Wednesday, May. Oh, my God. What's the date? 22nd? 22nd, 22nd yes. yes. This is what happens when you take vacation. You forget the date. <laughs> um, can you p turn up my uh, headphones a little bit there? I'm the one on the end. See where the cable's going? Up. The other. Go up a little bit, up a little bit, up a little bit. There you go. Good. Perfect. Thank you. I couldn't hear myself. And we have a problem if I can't hear myself. And <laughs> Madman, this camera right in my face is just not going to work, brother. <laughs> okay. So how was everyone's weekend? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. So Tommy was on a cruise the week before me, and then last week I was on a cruise. So you know what we need to do? When we did Free Comic Book Day, John St. John um, was up there um, at Flashback Comics telling us about his not-con cruise. So uh -huh. we all need to go on that. It's in February. That sounds like a winner. What, what's a not-con cruise? So, well, the whole story is he was doing a convention, and I'm kind of paraphrasing this because I don't remember all of it, but... Um, he was doing a convention down in, I guess, in Florida, whatever. By the way, guys, if you don't know who John St. John is, he's the voice of Duke Nukem since, like, the late 90s. Um, but apparently the hotel where that was going to be hosting the convention called him and his organizers, like, three days before and said, we need the rest of your money now. And he's like, well, no, you, you don't understand. That's not how it works. The, all the attendees are coming, they're buying their badges, and then we're paying for all the rooms and all the badges. And the hotel's like, well, no, we, we need it now. And he's like, well, we don't have it now. Um, so they canceled the con. Well, the way the story goes, and, and like I said, I don't remember all the details because this was like three weeks ago, and right. apparently one of the people coming down for cruise was a friend of his who just said, well, or not for the cruise, for the convention, it was a friend of his who said, I'm coming down anyway, can I just hang out with you and his girlfriend? He's like, okay, yeah, sure. And then as that got out, more people said, well, I was going to come anyway, how about you know we just have, hang out and do our normal thing? So he went to his girlfriend, who was also an organizer for the convention, and said, I still got a lot of these people coming, just want to hang out. And she's like, give me like three days. And she managed to put together a cruise, which was like a not convention type of cruise, and they all went and hung up on hung on that, and now it's become a thing. Oh, so, okay. Okay. So yeah. Don't hear me. I I can hear you, but you gotta. Well, I'm not actually hearing you on my mic. I'm hearing you echoing in the room. Right. There you are. Oh, there it is. There my bad. That's my bad. Fellow. <laughs> all right. All well, right. you guys are a tough bunch because you all like, you'll get in these shouting matches and everything will red out over here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, so no more shouting matches. All right, so that's where everything was. Well, it's mostly laughter, really. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the news items. Um, got a sad piece of news. I just read, I guess, on the 18th, uh, Justin Posner, colorist for Marvel Comics, passed away. Um, he actually had done a lot of coloring work on books such as The Avengers, Defenders, Uncanny X-Men, Civil War II, Guardians of the Galaxy. So he had been with Marvel for quite a while. Um, I believe he lost about uh, with, with cancer. The, the, the big the, C the strikes big, again. I was just about to say, the big C, what a mother, right? Yeah, my God, my condolences. Right. Yeah. Uh, I also put on the Lost in a Long Box Facebook, Marvel released the schedule and all the titles for their Absolute Carnage series that's coming. Oh, yeah. That thing's like 25 titles, and it's running through August, September, and October. Uh, you know, I'm trying to not bash Marvel because I will freely admit that I cut my teeth on DC. The first books I bought were DC, um, but I do love some Marvel as well. But I, I'm sorry, but Marvel's just lost their act here the last couple years. I think they have all their chips in the film arena. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm. I was thinking the exact same thing, Madman, because I was getting ready to say if you guys do remember, it looks like we're going back to 1994 through 1996 again. Right, they're just going nuts with the. Uh, the multiple covers and the multiple series and the mega crossovers. And, and it's funny, every time they do one of these mega crossovers, they come out and they say, well, we know we're starting to saturate the market and fans are getting tired of it. This will be the last one for a while. And then four months later, another one gets announced. What are you doing over there? No crinkly crinkly during the show. Sorry. They're fired. I got new books. I was opening them. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I can tell you, the only reason I'm yelling at you is because that is a pet peeve of madman who has literally chucked crap at me before for doing it. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's unprofessional <laughs> is what it is. It's like chewing gum. Right, or when right. I'm like, snacking on something, and he's told me, Randy, don't eat those during the show. You're going to drive me crazy. I promise I won't do it again. <laughs> that is my bad. That's why I was quick to smack you down. Um, so, actually, this, this next piece of news that I read... I. This one is, is not huge. It's not something like, oh, wow, I just found it kind of interesting. I may actually even read this one. Marvel is doing an Age of Conan Valeria miniseries. Mm. Oh. Um, I don't know about you guys, but the only way I know this character is from the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. From, from the movie, yeah. So was she a character in the comics or the Howard books before yes. that? Yes. Okay. 
That's, that's the only way I know her. I'm, so I'm actually looking forward to reading that one. I think it's a four-issue, maybe a six-three miniseries. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Actually, she was the woman that nine times out of ten Conan would have married. Right. If um, if she had not died and he wound up meeting Zenobia. Now, did Thalsa Doom kill her in the, the, the original Howard books as well? I know that's how I she dies in the movie, right? That's how she dies in the movie. I can't remember how she met her in. And truthfully, I'm going to look up look, look up some info, other things. So I'm not sure if she is dead and as far as literary terms. But I know right. she died in... Uh, in Arnold's movie. Right. That was so cool the way she did it, too. Yeah. Or, or the way they killed her. Remember, he grabs that he snake. He grabs that snake. And he just straightens it out, and it becomes an arrow, and he shoots her with it. And then when Cornan pulls it out, it starts with writhing again. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, that movie, would freak yeah. me the hell out, boy. <laughs> you know, it is a good movie. I love that movie. That's, that's one of the first R-rated movies I remember seeing because my dad took it to me. He took me to see it. And, and he kind of looked at me like during the whole sex scene with, them, with him and the witch in the hut. And then later <laughs> on, him and Valeria, he's like, okay, well, now the kid's done seen it all, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if you guys remember uh, a few years ago when Marvel had their little thing with uh, Fantastic Four and the spinoff, the Future Foundation, with like yep. all the Richards kids, yep. um, which was actually a pretty good series for a while. They even did one, the, uh, the Future Foundation, where it was Scott Lang and, um, oh, man, I can't remember the, the characters' names now. Scott Lang was one of them, and I think... Uh, they had a girl as as a she thing, and they like the muscle suit or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel, Sharon Ventura, Sharon Ventura. Yes, yeah, she was. Go- uh, she went by Miss Marvel. Well, for a while. when they brought back FF, apparently they left a lot of the kids in the weird ultraverse to go look for Molecule Man because he supposedly dies um, in issue two of the new FF series. Mm. Anyway, long story short, to get there, they're bringing back the Future Foundation. It's going to pick up on that story where they're looking for the missing Molecule Man because they believe he's still alive. So that actually might be pretty good. Old Owen Reese. Yes. Um, another piece of news. This one is just breaking. I mean, we saw this one today. In fact, i got to pull up uh, the website because it is that new. And uh, I actually posted this link as well on the Lost in the Longbox Facebook because I thought you guys would like to know about it. Um, but according to Bleeding Cool News, Tom King has been taken off of Batman as of issue 85. And this is not appears to be his decision either. Um, mm. a, according to the article, this was something that w- dropped or went down over the weekend at MegaCon. Um, and it's speculation is that because sales were starting to dip a little, um, I think sales actually started dropping around issue 50 with the whole wedding that right. wasn't. Um, but they particularly mentioned the Nightmare arc and how sales have dropped and it still hasn't come back up. So, But it's still their number one selling title. Right, right? and that's what's funny. It's so, still the number one selling title, but sales have dropped. But if it's still number one, it's... It leads me to believe that there's another thing there's going another on, reason, especially since it dropped at MegaCon. So he might have said something there that DC came along and said, what the hell are you doing? Right. And I mean, it, from my understanding, it was just a rumor. But at 11 o'clock this morning on his Twitter, he writes, so many kind notes, you all rock. Right. So kind of leads me to believe that this is probably not just a rumor. Right. Well, And he had always said that his run on Batman was um, going to be 100-plus issues, so like 105, right. and he had a definite... Everything was interwoven together. He was mm-hmm. describing it as a story of Bruce and Selina, and all the stories was going to pivot around that, and that's why they all kind of bled and led into one another, like the right. Gotham Girl storyline, and Gotham all went into that. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I hope whatever writer they get is not going to just toss all of that and... Well, and, and the thing that I'd worry about, too, if I was DC, I mean, I would probably kept him on for the, you know, unless it was something horrible, I would have kept him on for the 100 issues because you know this is going to cause problems from, for them now because now people are going to be, if they don't like the new writer that, that comes on after 85, you know, they're going to say, well, we want the Tom King cut. Right. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, you might as well get ready for that. That's yeah, they're going to say, they, Tom, Tom King was supposed to go 15 more issues. We want the Tom King cut. We want what he would have done. The only thing... I can think is is maybe they're cowering to the pressure because he's gotten two death threats on that run. Yeah, and, and maybe they decided just they yeah maybe it's to... on them because of that. I, I mean, yeah. I guess maybe you know it could just be that they don't want any more bad publicity, so to speak. Yeah. So I bet they could be doing it, you know, in the interest of his safety. But I don't know. If you're gonna do it in the interest of his safety, just get him a bodyguard when he goes to cons. Yeah, exactly. You'll sign up for that, won't you? I, ha, damn, ha, I knew ha, you were going to go there. Ha, ha, See, I actually didn't want to mention this story because I knew Tommy would just take a chance to poke me with it. 
So, so you'll show up with like your you know, your katana or something like that and <laughs> slash people at the knees if they try to get too close to it. All right. Okay. You know what? Yeah, fine. I'll, I'll take it. Give it to me. Give me the katana. I'll stand right by his booth. I, I have one at home. It's I'm going to put an invisible line on his autograph table. And if your hand goes across that line, I cuts it off. I cuts yeah. off a finger. That's Are you right. going to give him the mask with the rising sun symbol on like, like katana in the comics have? No, I'll just let him dress as Mr. Miracle. And he can, ta- he can dress as Mr. Miracle. And he can take a katana with him. And he can just, you know, <laughs> cut some fingers off. There are, there are days that I, I really hate you. What? <laughs> you know and it was like... I had to get something in, Randy. Oh you know I can't. I, I know you did. It, it, it's been two weeks. It's right. been two weeks. <laughs> the I, missed, th- I missed you, buddy. Yeah. The, the bad right. thing is he probably sat on the cruise ship thinking, how can I bust Randy's chops oh when we get back? <laughs> and, and knowing him, when the article dropped it, that he probably went, yes! Because something I finally got on something. Randy about I, right. I didn't sit on the cruise ship doing that. I did that on a beach in Mexico. <laughs> I was relaxing. And I was like, how can I get back at Randy? All right, so last piece of news, at least last piece of news that I have, um, and it's not comic book related, but because it is such a popular um, icon, we have to put it out there, Tartar Sauce, a.k.a. Grumpy Cat, mm-hmm. passed away due to complications from urinary, uh, urinary tract infection. Um, so you remember Grumpy Cat, right? Yeah, he was only seven, too. Yeah, and, and that's what I thought, because... I remember reading that and thinking, man, seven's kind of young for a, an animal. Well, especially when you consider my cat's 18. And then so. I was like, so I didn't know if maybe it was a question with the breed. So then I did a little research on this. Um, and so what I found out is that um, her parents were like, you know, domestic short hairs. But apparently both her and her brother were born with a form of dwarfism that give them flat faces and big eyes and short tails and legs. Mm. In addition with that, she also had an underbite, which is why she had that always grumpy look on her face. So... Probably actually a very sweet kitty in real life. If I'm not mistaken, animal years are different. If it was seven, then uh, they said dog years, one year, seven years. So the dog was actually in human years, 49 years old. Except it was a cat. I mean, mean, yeah, damn. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's about the same, though, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's too different. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they say. If it's seven or 10, you've got a a dog or cat that's pushing 80 or 90. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, have you guys got any news items that you saw over the last, especially even the last two weeks when I wasn't here, that... They changed the bat signal. Huh? They changed the bat signal in the comics. I haven't read it you yet. You mean on his chest? No, no, no. In the, um, in the, um... So the light? The light, yeah. Oh, okay. They made it red. Didn't they you? made it red. Why would you make the bat signal red? I don't know. Well, I haven't read my Batman from, I guess, last week yet, maybe... Uh, it's supposed to be in that yeah, issue, so right, 70, 71, I think. Because yeah, so I've been I trying to yet. find it, you know, on because I've been been rather busy. I haven't been able to really stop and really look at it, but it was but they said per CBR that uh, they've changed it. It's like a red type color. I boy, boy they really going a long way to try to get Batman Beyond made, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, well. Or to promote think, the Thomas think, Wayne Batman. I think a bunch of rich people in penthouses were complaining. It was like, every time you turn on the bat signal, I can't get any sleep. <laughs> you know, so they're p- making all these calls, and you know, the commissioner's got to go to the police department and say, look, you know, we got to switch out this bat light. So I am Because so all glad, the rich people are complaining. I'm glad the camera wasn't on me when Madman said that, because I was you drinking, and we almost had a spit take. <laughs> That's there <right>. you go. <laughs> <laughs> so. so <laughs> what was that, Enos? <laughs> I mean, it's. It's just like, man, we, you guys don't see it, but Mad Man be doing stuff. That well, the great thing just... is, as Enos was laughing, they did the little girly curve in his mouth. The camera was on him, so that's, <laughs> what, that's one for posterity. I guess he didn't want to see them teeth or we're something gonna, like that. We're going to make a gif I mean, of that well, one. Well, I don't want anybody to be thinking that I'd be laughing like the Joker since I'm trying okay. to stifle my laughter, but <laughs> Mad Man, you just can't. Yeah. All right. While we're at it, Mad Man... Why don't you tell them who brought them Lost in the Long Box this week? Absolutely. So Lost in the Long Box is brought to you by Flashback Comics. They are based out of Woodbridge, Virginia. And believe me, they got tons of new comics. They got tons of back issues, trade paperbacks. Tell me about the trade paperbacks. They got a lot of them? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice so selection. So many. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't care about toys or statues, but do they have any of those? They, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah? There's toys, statues. Like, there's a really nice Shazam one I've had my eyes on. But for trade paperbacks, you know what? I need to one Friday take off and drive you up to Flashback Comics so you can just see all the trade paperback collections he's got on the wall. Awesome. 
Yeah, that's good that stuff. Good. Yeah, because he's got a Jim Starlin hardcover that I'm going back and pick up. Oh, nice. The um the uh, art of Jim Starlin, like kind of like you know telling his story. Right, yes, right. Sir, going to get going back, and I'm getting that bad boy. Sweet. So uh, yeah, they are located in Woodbridge at three one one two PS Business Drive, just off of Smoketown Road. They are open Monday through Saturday from ten a.m. to six thirty p.m. and on Sundays they're open from eleven a.m. to five p.m. Be sure to go in there and tell Troy that Lost in the Long Box sent you. Mm-hmm. Troy's a great guy, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really just, like you. I was just I getting get ready to say, you can't find a more awesome uh, store owner than this guy. He uh, is great. Well, he's actually not the owner. He's not? No. Okay. I, I, that's my, that's my uh, miscommunication there. But uh, also, too, uh, just a little hint. While it actually says the, the Peas Business Center there, if you actually are just on Smoketown Road, it's right on Smoketown when you come down there. So. Yep. Apparently, oh, okay. the, the PS Business Center or whatever is the name of the complex. But if you're on Smoketown yeah. Road, it's right on Smoketown. I get it. So, but uh, yeah, dude, you, th- <laughs> and we're not kidding. Troy is like a walking encyclopedia of comics. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, and it's funny. I go in there, and the next time I'll go in, I'll say like 10 o'clock. And the next thing I know, it's 12 30, 1 o'clock. I'm like, oh, damn, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, for our subject for this week, and I, I actually thought about this like Saturday or Sunday. Uh, apparently, I guess maybe last Thursday or Friday, that late in, Friday. Uh, in the week, they announced that, and supposedly this is not confirmed, that Robert Pattinson is going to be the new Batman. Oh, Edward. And the internet broke. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the shattering off in the distance, oh and I was like, God. what was that? And my wife right. said, that was the internet. And I'm like, what broke it now? <laughs> Robert Pattinson is Batman. So, and, and, and a I thought this was a done deal because it's actually in Variety magazine of all places. Right. Okay? And I thought once it hit Variety, it was a done deal. But Thomas said no, that even Warner Brothers slash DC has come out and said, no, 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 that hasn't been confirmed yet. But you know what's funny is someone pointed out that, well, if we're going to have Robert Pattinson as Batman, then we need to cast Kristen Stewart as Catwoman. No. no. Well, I, hard pass. Well, here's the thing. I said, you know what? I'd be okay with that. Because she's uh, a well, good actress. Well, hold, hold the phone now. What? I'm going to tell you. What? On what planet is she a good actress? Because it's not Earth. Did well, you see her play Joan Jett? Yeah, she's fantastic. She nailed Joan Jett, yeah. dude. Did you I, see her play Snow White and Snow White and the Huntsman? No, that's why. Yeah, that's money I'm not going <laughs> to <get back. laughs> Okay. So, and I like Chris Hemsworth, so I won't be right. I won't be getting that money back, well, unfortunately. Well, well, okay, so here's the thing. Snow White and the Huntsman is just a bad movie. Okay. Same thing with all the Twilights. And so this is what started this week's conversation. Everybody has, you know, lost their mind over Mr. Vampire being cast as Batman. And again, it's because he was in those horrible vampire movies. What in the hell are you doing to I'm me sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, that brought to, to mind the question, what about the superhero castings that worked that when they were announced, we were all like, oh, God, no, not them. Mm. So and 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 by the flip side of that, superhero casting, we said, "Oh, they'll be great in that," and then they were horrible. Uh, and there's a couple of them who have uh, dual honors. Um, for instance, um, poor Ben Affleck sucked as Daredevil, but uh, he was he freaking nailed Batman. But he was great in Batman, and see, Ma- and Mad Men's got a problem with me saying he sucked as Daredevil, and I bet I know why because Mad Dr- Men- director's cut. Bad, bing. Director's Batman's cut. one of the few people who's watched director's cut. I have not seen the yes. director's cut. I've and only right seen here. the uh, seen the regular Daredevil. But I will be honest with you, I didn't hate the original Daredevil. I did Daredevil not. Movie I did not at all. Was the, and I didn't think that Ben Affleck was terrible as as Daredevil in, as in either in of those it. characters. No, I, I didn't think he was terrible at all. But general consensus is that he was horrible as Daredevil. Now, Enos and Madman have both seen the director's cut. I have not, but I have heard so. So many people say you've got to watch a director's cut. And yes, that movie is so much better if you watch a director's cut. You have to check out the director's cut. Because it's another classic case where critical piece of the story got left on the cutting room floor. Well, mm. it just made it so much more of a detective story than a a uh, a love story. Movie, a love is, story. Right. Exactly. And and again, I liked the original one. I right. I didn't think Ben Affleck was terrible as Daredevil at all. I and, I didn't think that. And ironically, one of my big problems with that movie. Uh, while I love the character, the, the actor was Michael Clark Duncan, Duncan as, the kingpin. as a kingpin, and you know why? Because kingpin is always shown as being a mountain of a man, right? And he would they should have used a little CGI or something to make him look big in the movie, make and they him look didn't. bigger. And that was my only He's problem. Big already, but, I mean. but, but, yeah. But, I was gonna say I thought I he made a good kingpin. You, man, yeah. He nailed it, and truth be told, 
before anyone watched the director's cut, he was kind of like the saving grace of that film. And like, uh, truth be told, Colin Farrell had no business being in there because it, it was just like he was kind of like an afterthought. The real fight was between Daredevil and Kingpin. Right. And he was just kind of like there. And that's, an, that's another great one where that was a character that was just wrongly cast right from the get-go. Right. Yeah, I remember that part in Daredevil when, when he's getting ready to fight the Kingpin for the final time. Right. And the Kingpin tells uh, his, what, who is it, the arranger to leave the room? And he says, we're from New York. You wouldn't yeah. understand. Yeah, we right. settle, this is how we settle This things. is how we settle things. You wouldn't understand. That's, that's what I think is so great about the director's cut of that movie is because, please silence your cell phones, it's, the director's cut of that movie is because a lot of the strong writing got cut out. And that was some very strong writing they had for him as a kingpin. And, I mean, that conversation he has about cutting out uh, bodyguards' tongues and stuff like that, the reason mm-hmm. why they did that. And, uh, I mean, it's just it showed the kind of badass that Kingpin is. Right. right. So Yeah, I, I thought that was a great scene right there. But that's another and, classic case of majority people believe that he was badly cast in that movie. Um, but I know that Enos has one that is that near and dear to his heart that he wants to jump on. In fact, I'll get a little soapbox out here uh-huh. for you to jump on, too. Go ahead, Enos. Well, mine was <laughs> mine is one where it was a win, but when you, after the fact, you you if you're honest with yourself, you were like, okay, eh. And that's Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah. Right. I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to say it, because I'm the only one who's got the balls to say it. The only reason that Michael Keaton works and is regarded as the best Batman out of all the actors who've played him cinematically is because people raise so much hell about him being cast in that role that while the movie was in post-production, they rushed the trailer into the movie theaters four months before it came out to whet everybody's appetite. And he and also because he enabled us as Batman fans and as comic fans to evolve from the Adam West era because let's face it, up until Michael Keaton put the um cape and cowl on, Adam West was the only live action version of Batman. Right. And right. all we had was the campy T V series and a god-awful two-part series. And then we had Adam West vocalizing Batman in the New Adventures of Batman in 1977, and Olan Soleil, who was the, the, the first a- actor to voice Batman, along with the late, great Casey Kasem, in the 1968 filmation cartoons. Then they followed suit and were the voices of Batman and Robin in the two episodes that was on the Scooby-Doo movies back in 1973. <laughs> Uh, and then geez, they <laughs> and then they graduated to become um the actors who were the voices of Batman and Robin on the Super Friends series from 1973 until 1983 when Olan Soleil became the voice of Dr. Mar- uh, Professor Martin Stein when they introduced Firestorm, Firestorm mm-hmm. and Adam West took over as Batman. Right. But but you know what you're absolutely right cuz I remember when they announced Michael Keaton, everybody grumbled because all yeah. he'd been known for was comedy. comedy. Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom, as a matter of fact. Mr. Mom. And, that's, and every, you could not turn on. Back in 89, you could not turn on anything entertainment-related that was talking about the Batman film where they did not call him that. So right. I... But remember, Mr. Mom wasn't, I think, and I want to say this movie was out before Way Batman. before was uh, Night Shift as well. Night Shift. Because remember, he's great in Night Shift, but and all he was known for was comedy. comedy. And, and he was Night Shift, Johnny Dangerously. Oh, God, I, I love that movie. And, 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 and hands down, that and my life are my two favorite. Soakers. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> Johnny Dangerously and my life and clean and sober. Yeah, are right. the three. If you want to see a good Michael Keaton film and a film where you really see that this guy has some serious chops, watch those three films. Birdman. Forget about ba- Birdman. Yes, Birdman. Birdman. Much, much later. But by the same token, and I'm going to IMDb this um, to prove it uh, or to to verify it. But I think another one that he's really great in is one called The Dream Team. But yeah. yes, but and that came out. And and, and here's what's what, what. And here's the bitter irony about that. That movie came out 
in February of 1989, around the same time the Batman right. trailer was circulating in the theaters, and it was a brilliant move. It was Wh- fantastic. Whoever was mar- whoever was doing the marketing at Warner Brothers, they need to get them back so they can get things back on track because at during that time, because I had to leave the country and go to Korea at the time. At that time, Clean and Sober was playing. Dream Team followed in right behind that, and the whole and right in the middle was the Batman trailer. So we had the opportunity to see Batman, I mean Michael Keaton, I'm sorry, in a different light other than being a comedian to see his range. That was one of the, and plus on top of that, the um, trailer that was introduced, you know, kind of like say, yeah, we're finally going to get the Batman that we've right. been reading in the comics. So that's what got Michael Keaton over. But if you looked at the doggone movie, the first Batman film, how many people beside, how many of y'all beside me got tired of seeing Jack Nicholson every five minutes? I did. I, I thought yeah. that movie concentrated way too much on, on Nicholson yes. and not enough on, on Batman. Yeah. But I do remember that trailer dropping because I was one of the many people who was concerned about it too. And then I saw the trailer. And I suddenly breathe a sigh of relief. Right. Because I want to say one of the things they show us in the trailer, they make sure that we saw it, was that scene where he shakes the thug on the roof and goes, I'm, I'm Batman. Batman. I'm Batman. Exactly. You um, know, when, so, when this movie came out, I believe it was, what, 1989? Yes. I was about 12 years old. So I really didn't have too much of an opinion of it at that time. But I can remember vividly my dad hearing about, you know, Batman, you know, Michael Keaton being cast as Batman. All I could say was, they cast Mr. Mom as Batman. Right. That, my point that validates my point. That's all you heard. Right. When 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 um, we're when, gonna need to get a pitcher of water to cool off Venus. Uh, <laughs> but no. But but, but no. It, it, it just it, it's just it's kind of funny. You know. You hear everybody. Michael Keaton was the greatest Batman. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, he was great for the movies, but no. See, he's there not. it is. Do you hear it? I'm sorry. Okay. No, I heard that too. <laughs> what? You don't hear that rumbling? I think I think Quantico's b- shelling or something. Unless it's going to rain. All right, Enos, I love you, brother. I'm cutting you off. Breathe. I'm finished. And I say Adam West is the best Batman. (laughs) Oh, yes. No doubt. Thomas, go ahead. You know, this might be an unpopular uh, opinion, but back when I heard Robert Downey Jr. was being cast as Tony Stark, I thought that was a terrible idea. Well, you know why? Because his career had gone right the right there right, and it, it, it had been in the crapper. He hadn't really done anything big in a while. And I was like, "Oh my God, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark." I was like, "That's horrible. Why on earth?" But, I was like, "There surely could be." I honestly thought that he wasn't going to to do good as but, Iron Man. But here's the thing: that movie, Iron Man, along with The Pianist, are the two movies that res- that resurrected his career. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and it, no one's seen The Pianist. Yeah, I think it's pianist. I don't the, remember with, with Jamie Foxx. Yes, the pianist. Yes. Yeah, I I truly thought that he was going to be terrible in that role. I was and, like, I I just I was like, this is just going to be awful. Why on earth, you know? And then he but, nailed it. Yeah, I and think, that's that's why it's yeah. good to give people second chances. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah I, nailed, and and you know, and after he nailed it, I thought I st- started thinking about something. I said, well, Tony Stark is a playboy recovering alcoholic. Alcoholic, exactly. What is Robert Downey right. Jr.? Yeah. Exactly. He so, was perfect. Right. So and, I was like, and, why and, on and earth would I, I mean, think he couldn't play this man? This is the role he was born to play. But it's who he is. But here's the odd thing about that. They don't ever address the demon in the bottle story. No, they don't. Iron they don't. Man and series. that's where I was disappointed with the Iron Man films because that being what, hap- what Robert Downey Jr. had been through, I almost knew I that you were going. I expected to see them. Well, Go take the take the reins with the in, demon in the bottle storyline, and they didn't. In, I, in Iron Man one, there was that scene in the very beginning where he was holding the right. the, the, the the what was it? I, I guess it was Scotch. Yeah. While he was yeah. uh, you know, while he's you know in route somewhere. So I honestly thought, yeah, okay, they're going to well, make this guy an alcoholic like like you're supposed I, to. Honest, and then they and, never really. Went and I to honestly it. expected that to be a main storyline in two. Yeah, yeah. They, they dropped it. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't bring it back. Because you could so see them. Pay, you could see them setting it up, like Tommy said. You, oh yeah. yeah. The ground. The, yeah. As soon as I saw the, it, I was the, like, the okay, well, the was definitely being laid for it, and they never did. But I wanted to. But uh, to add to jump on what you were saying, at that time, I had never seen an actor work so hard to overcome their demons the way he had, and I didn't. When when I saw him, I'm like, okay, I can see that. But, like, I had my concerns, but I was more wanting to see him win because everyone had counted him out. They had buried him. And then yes. after he and did And I was that, one of them. Yep. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I mean. And when he did that, and then when he said, when he 
followed that up with the Sherlock Holmes series. Right. Those are good, too. I enjoy yeah. those. Oh, my God. And, and, like, I've always liked them anyway from Weird Science. And my favorite Robert Downey Jr., it, um, other than Iron Man, believe it or not, is Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. was in Weird Science? Yes, yes I haven't was. seen that movie in a very long time. He was time, one, he was one of the jerks that was yeah. come on Elisa at the... No, no, Bill Paxton is the bully brother. Right, the bully brother, right. Um, the he two was girls. The, the two girls that had the two boyfriends that were jerks that dropped a slushie on them. Yeah. And all. He's one of those. Yeah. Okay, okay. What was that movie where Mike Tyson slapped Robert Downey Jr.? You ever seen that one? Oh, God, no. I don't know that one. Oh well, sounds know. like the IMDb. It's worth it's worth seeing for that for that, that one scene, scene. because uh, he's playing this uh, <clears throat> gay character. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, he comes up to Mike Tyson, who is playing himself in there, and he comes up to him like on this balcony uh, in the city, and he's he's saying, um, "Hey, I just wanted to talk to you for a bit, you know." I was just, you know, he's just constantly talking to Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson's just, I don't really want to deal with this, you know, I, I, this guy's obviously into it, and, you know, I'm not into it that, so that was kind of the look of Mike Tyson, he's just like, look, man, I've just, you know, I've got a lot of trouble in my life, I don't really want any more, you know, stuff like that, just just leave me alone, and he's just going on, Robert Downey Jr., I'm just going on, it's just, well, I, I, I had this dream about you, and Mike Tyson's just like, look, Black enough. and white. Black and white? <laughs> yeah. And he just laughs them. <laughs> well, no, he goes, I had this dream about you, and he's like, look, man, Enough. I don't really want to hear any more about this. And then he's like, okay, okay. And he lets a, you know, a little bit of silence go. It's just, and he turns to Mike Tyson and says, it's just in the dream you were holding me. And Mike Tyson slaps him. <laughs> <laughs> what I tell you? I'm gonna... Don't leave me alone. All right, it's so, ludicrous. All right, so, so while we're at it, Madman, you got a casting that either worked or didn't work? Scarlett Johansson. She worked? As... as uh, Black Widow. Well, I say you need to verify. You say or clarify. You're saying she did work as, as Black Widow, or she didn't work as Black she Widow. She did work. Okay. Um, I can't. I mean, first of all, she's gorgeous, and and, and yeah, and uh, I think that she uh, like, for example, um, what was it when when they captured Loki? Right. Oh like, yes, in Avengers, and she goes exactly. Over. I mean, her character is well written, and the way she would operate would be the way that a, a spy, a Russian spy, would operate. You know, I found that interesting, and plus with all the nuance of the character of her her past and uh, her, I don't know, on again off again relationship with the Hulk and so forth. I mean, it's uh, see, I, mean, I didn't like her in in Age of Ultron because of that. I, I did, it didn't. It seemed like it was kind of like a forced, yeah, yeah, forced, and it seemed like they really went away from the the character that they'd established before. Well, that was obviously them trying to build up a plot point that they then dropped and didn't follow up on. Right. So. So I, right. I didn't I didn't like that part, but the other ones, yeah, I thought she made, yeah, yeah. the first Iron time Man too, she was fantastic. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love when he tells uh, uh, Pepper, "I want one," and she's like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's an easy choice when it comes to Pepper Potts or Scarlett Johansson. I mean, right. I'm sorry. Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. That's so, an easy choice. I drop Pepper Potts. No offense, Gwyneth Paltrow, wow, but you just so. don't. You just don't got it. Like you know, you say Star that, Joe and does. then you and then you see her get topless again in Shakespeare in Love. And you're like, okay, now I remember why I like Gwyneth no. Paltrow. <laughs> She's a bit weird, though. Yeah, so. she is. She's got one of those, those, you know, I. And and you guys who have seen this movie will understand this reference immediately. She's got what I call one of those golfing faces. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I see it. <laughs> From Dark Crystal. Uh, so does Daenerys Targaryen. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Amelia Clark. <laughs> she has a girlfriend face. See, now you're not going to unsee it. Yeah. And, and that's always going to stick and, with and you. And you're you know going to see. The moment you said that, <laughs> you know I saw the, the darn movie poster popped up. And I saw that little Muppet with look just like, oh, my God. You know, Netflix actually just dropped pictures um, from the new Dark Crystal series they're doing. Really? Yes. Mm. So yeah, and it looks out. like they're using puppets again because mm -hmm. they look like the exact same two characters. But yeah, that's that's a phrase I thought of a long time ago. They have a gelfling face. Uh, yeah. Um, and now that now that it's in your head, you're never go, you're always going to see it now. On, well, and after I, I and think it was because it's like after I saw that movie when I was a kid, I went to school and then I was like, that girl looks like a gelfling, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had a couple of those too. That I like. I swear to God, if she starts singing some weird song, or with she has wings. And, yeah. You're checking her for wings. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so back on subject. I'm going to go way into the Wayback Machine um, for a casting that, that worked, and everybody had doubts when it was first announced. The, the great late Christopher Reeve as Superman. Yes. 
because he was an unknown, and everybody was like, you can't put an unknown. you got to put a, a named actor, someone we know, someone who we know can act. Who is this guy? So I can't really contribute to that too much because I was like one when that movie came out. <laughs> but one. but Damn. I, I can't believe anyone thought Christopher Reeve would not make a great Superman. Well, see, well, he was puny at the time. Being that you were yeah. one... Because um, it was 78 when that came out, right? Right, yes. Yeah, so I was one. I was also one. I was uh, Anywhere between like six months and I one, was depending on when it came 13, out. Uh, I was 13. I was 11. So here's so, the thing. Yeah, they're uh, old. When Superman first came out and when he first announced Christopher Reeve, it was back in the day, and even to this, to today you still get some of this. If you cast an unknown in a lead role, the first thing you got was, who is this person? Can they act? Yeah, um, and that was the first thing we got with Christopher Reeve. Was that's, that's the issue? You got to act, be able. And to act. everybody said you're going to put an unknown in a major role like that. Well, this movie is obviously not going to do well. It's not going to be taken seriously because you're not putting a big name actor in it. Mm-hmm. And then you started seeing pictures of what Christopher Reeve looks like, and everybody went, uh, "Hold on, here. Are you going to pad the suit?" Um, yeah, because he was scrawny. At the right, end. he was puny. An interesting thing here. Do you know who he worked out with to get in shape for Superman? David Prowse. Oh, you stole my thunder. (laughs) (laughs) David Prowse, who was Darth Vader. Darth Vader. I got an interesting tidbit about Christopher Reeve. One of the reasons why a lot of people didn't know who he was, I did. One of the things about growing up with your great-grandmother, you watch a lot of soap operas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was on a soap opera called Love of Life. He played this shady character named Ben Harper. And when he got cast as Superman, I was like, wait a minute, where have I seen this guy before? <laughs> and I had a book that was detailed in his, his, his career, and it had, in such and such, in 1975, he was cast as Ben Harper in Love of Life. I didn't recognize him because he had muscled up, because right. he was puny on that show. But 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 um, if you watched that show, you knew who he was. But other than that, no one knew who he was. He's laughing at me because he's got me on camera drinking the last of my drink. Well, it's because it's a green bottle and the green it just blends into the green screen. It oh, looks does like it you, really? Yeah, it looks like you, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> it looks yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, and and let's face it, can you see anybody else as, as Superman? Not now. No, Not exactly. Now, no, no fact, nobody nobody else has come close. In fact, what happened when both Brendan Routh. Dean Cain and and Henry Cavill all got cast for Superman. The very first thing people did was compare them to Christopher Reeve. Reeve. And they always will. I mean, I I don't he's my Superman. Right. He he'll always be my Superman. And and here's another thing too about how he said he worked out with David Prowse for the first Superman. Go back someday, watch Superman, the original movie, then go back and watch Superman three. Mm. And you'll find out that he kept on working out because yeah, he, he is bulk- jacked in three. Yeah, he bulked yeah. up by three. Yeah. Yeah, so. He had to fight a computer robot. So Right. <laughs> God, what a horrible... Now, 4 movie. was the one with the uh, nuclear fun. guy yes. that got yeah. thrown into the sun, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was bad, They too. were both horrible movies. The and third one was, was it with Russian Prime. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The way he gives him, gives him the piece of kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of like 3. I hate 3. 3 uh, is a train wreck. It is, It is. but I kind of like watching that train wreck. It's, the, uh, it's a watchable train wreck yeah. because, yeah. believe it or not... <laughs> Being that he wasn't able to cuss, Richard Pryor carried that movie pretty darn oh, well. Oh yeah, I will. I will say my favorite part in that is drunk Superman flicking. I know. There's so many cool things like that in the movie. <laughs> he synthesized, and, and when he looked at the mirror in the bar, and he go, yeah, just melted it, melted yeah. it with his heat vision. Yeah. And well, and the whole idea is like he's trying to synthesize this kryptonite, but he has this unknown element that's in the what kryptonite. Is unknown. It's so unknown. he just pick, he just grabs his pack of camels and says, mm, "Tar, screw it," you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think I may have told this story on, on air before, but I, but it's worth repeating. I have a, the box set of Superman one through four. Not, you know, not the one with like you know that came out later with right. all the extras and you know Superman right, Returns right, and everything right. like that. And I was telling my wife about that when we first got married. Yeah, I haven't and everything like that. She goes, "Well, what's ha-? and for, I don't even remember what we were talking about." She goes, "Why? Well, what, what? What? I get half of what belongs to you." And I said, "Sure, you can have three, <laughs> three and four. four. You can have three and four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's touch base on things that didn't work. I'm going to start off. And I'm going to mention, this is going to be cruel, sorry guys, the entire cast of Fantastic Four. Which one? Jessica yeah. Alba, oh, okay. Iron Grove Field, Chris Evans, and Michael Chiklis. Every one of them was horrible cast. And this is coming from a guy who loves me some Jessica Alba. Oh, mm. 
Yeah, but uh, she can't act. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the first to admit that. I, I, I think Jessica Alba is an incredibly attractive woman. But, but she that's as far act. as it but goes. But yeah. that's as far as that goes. I mean, I think she's done, done pretty good for herself in like the world of like cosmetics and stuff like that. Right. But, you know. But yeah, it's outside as, acting. And and this is coming from a guy who whose first exposure to Marvel Comics was a Fantastic yes. Four. At, and I will admit, I watched that movie, I owned it, but at the same time thinking this cast just didn't freaking work. No, I kind of like Michael Chiklis. That's no, the thing. No, but. see, that needed to, he needed to be CGI'd. The thing, yeah, well, he did. But while still. he's not Hulk size, he needed to be bigger than human yeah. size. And well, I mean, it, I think it should have caused more problems for him in terms of living in their in their world. Right, exactly. You know, right. limited clothing options, limited. He can't you, like they addressed it once with him getting on the elevator. You know, it's like you know he can't he maximize the weight limit. Right. I mean, and that makes sense. But I mean, just the fact that he's stuck in this form and living in this like paper human-sized world that's not built for him. I think that kind of shows his kind of isolation and like the depth of his character. I mean, yeah, but they can really know. cover that. I there's guess. there's just a, too much of that casting that just didn't work. So. I mean, the actor cast as him. I mean, worked, but I mean, it's, Mark, it, yes, yeah. But they needed it, they needed something to make him bigger. Yeah, right. they, yeah. they they should have made him a little bit more within line of making him a thing. You know, where, where you know, because, like, let's face it, some of the best Fantastic Four stories dealt with Ben not being able to adjust exactly. in this world. Right. Mm-hmm. And and how he coped with that and how, though it broke him down, it just showed why he is the heart and soul of the Fantastic Four. He's never loving blue eyes. He, he, yep. he overcame it. And, and he's – and to me, I love the cast – I thought Yoan Griffith was fantastic, as was perfectly cast as um, Mr. Fantastic. It was just like you said; everything was perfect, but for some reason, it just it didn't, didn't gel. Work. Yeah, yeah, it didn't gel. All right, Tommy, what do you got? So one for me that didn't work. Probably this is one of my most hated roles ever. Topher Grace as Eddie Brock. Oh I had that God. one down too. That was oh horrible. My God. <laughs> I I hated that. I, I hated it from the get go. As soon as they I read that he was going to be be Venom, I'm like Eric Foreman, you're not Venom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was like, you do not look the part. You are too small. That needed a scene with the actor who played Red Foreman just in the background to walk into him or like have a bump into him in the street and just have him go, no. watch where you're going, dumbass. <laughs> you know, every time I see the guy that plays Red Foreman on anything, anything, the I first know. thing I think when I see him is dumbass. <laughs> right, that poor guy. But, so, yeah. but yeah, that this this was just, this was terrible. And I'll tag on to that, sorry. Um, another one that just was horrible casting. Um, in Amazing Spider-Man 2, Jamie Foxx as Electro. Oh my God! Yeah, he didn't work there either, and I like Jamie Foxx for the most part. Right, and that that was horrible. But he's he's not he's not Michael Keaton. You know no, I mean? no. But a lot of people aren't Michael Keaton. So right. I think there's only one of them. Yeah, yeah. That well, works. unless you watch that movie, what was it? Duplicity, where there was like 15 of them. Multiplicity. Multiplicity. That's yeah. a good movie. Too. Yeah, where it was like 15 <laughs> Michael Keatons. All right, Enos, give me something. We spoke about it a few moments ago, and uh, Brandon Roth. As Superman? As Superman, I feel that Brian Singer, you clown. He made he, too much he of a fan screwed. film. He took an opportunity from enabling Ruth to make Superman his own. And what and what Superman Returns is, it's nothing but a Christopher Reeve tribute film. That's right. all that it is. Yeah. And 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 I'm sorry, I have seen Brandon Roof act in numerous things. The guy is a great actor, but he got robbed of an excellent opportunity to... I'm not taking anything away from Henry Cavill. I'm not. I'm, ladies, I know you love him. But if I had to put... I, I'm not going to completely discard Henry Cavill, but... I like Brandon Roof because he brings a genuity to the character the way Christopher Reeve did, the way George Reeves did, and to a degree, Dean Cain. Mm-hmm. Well, However, I, what I love about Henry Cavill is that he gives us a Superman where you know whose side he's on, but you leave him going, we better not, I'm glad, we're glad he's on our side. Yeah. Yeah. 
Don't, That's what I loved about the Man of Steel. Uh, Henry Cavill, I think he has an uh, intimidation factor, right? Uh, just by his visage, you know, and I think that that does work for a Superman. And Brandon, uh, his he's kind of soft and just approachable, right? You know, he's got a real approachable face, and it's like, oh, that, he seems like a nice guy. And I, I understand why they cast him, but I mean, there needs to be a kind of like a, a, a intimidating element to Superman. I think, and and then Henry Cavill nails it because even when he is not angry. You said when, when he was when they um, had the handcuffs on him and he was telling Amy Adams, you know what uh, what this and everything stood for. He had that look on his face, like what made you think you, we do not want to mess with this guy. Right. Yeah. Well, and I love the scene when Henry Cavill basically tells the general in the in the room he, without even showing that he can control that he can get out the, the cuffs. He just kind of, you know nonchalantly breaks them. Right. Like, you know, look, I can get out of this anytime I want. And the fact that I haven't should tell you I'm on your side. Exactly. Yeah. The problem with, with Ralph as Superman is you almost got the impression that he was told, well, no, do this the way Reeve would have done it. What, exactly. And, and it, and it detra- because you're, you're right. He is a great actor. Watch him in Legend Tomorrow as Adam. I love him as Ray Palmer yeah. and Adam. He's as fantastic Matt, He's the only saving grace of that show, right. to tell you the truth. And remember, he had... Um, Oh no! Come on now. Yeah, you got to give on. it up for Katie Lotz uh, and White Canary. Yeah, she, I got I got to go back to that. But like, I was like, okay, how many canaries do we have? Yeah, right. just because. <laughs> but also, but remember, after after Superman returns, he had a brief stint on Chuck as well. Okay, that's right. Uh, that's and right. he was and he was good in Chuck as also. So all right, so I've lost track of who we're Madman. Give me somebody. Some are we doing that did work? Will Smith you, is Hancock. Oh God, I Man, love that, that movie! I totally film. forgot about that. That, that was, was such great. a great Speaking movie. Speaking of director's cuts, uh, is there a director's cut of that? I'm sure there is because when I first saw it in the theaters, there was a scene with um, Hancock and um, Sex. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, the second time, right. and that wasn't in the movie. That's right. Yeah, and the second time I saw it, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that scene since. Okay, now so I need to look a, it up. Yeah, there's a scene where um, it, it involves his uh, orgasm. And uh, yeah, it was and uh, knocks her back a... up against the wall. Yeah, and then uh, no, no ceiling, ceiling. No, that's there's, right. There's a conversation he has. He has. He's like, look, when it comes time, <laughs> you need to get clear, <laughs> right? And there was a scene <laughs> where it's like it was like pow, 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 like through the ceiling. It was so, oh. See now you're anyway, gonna, now sorry. You're, <laughs> now you're gonna make me segue. Have, <laughs> have you said, have you seen my super ex girlfriend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> The, the scene with Galaxy Girl and Clive Owen and the bed is actually moving back yeah. and forth. That's the thing. I think that was a bad casting, Azuma Thurman as a Super X-Girl. But that scene is hysterical. Well, it's, a, it's a funny movie. Oh, I have just thought of that? a really good one. I have not. I no. You've got a good one, man. I thought of a good one. I wouldn't think it'd be car- uh, It's not quote-unquote See, I like, I like Azuma Thurman as, as Galaxy Girl, though. I mean, maybe she worked. Maybe I, just because the movie worked for me. About, so, yeah. Yeah, when she pulled that shark out the water. Why did G-Girl throw a shark at <laughs> That was funny. All right, Tommy, you've got to rent this movie now. Okay. <laughs> you got haven't mine. seen it? I have oh not, no. God, it's so, good. It's so hilarious. <laughs> In the burning building. Someone should do something about that, don't you think? <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but you mentioned Uma Thurman. Uh, this was terribly cast. <laughs> Uma Thurman and Ray Fiennes in the Avengers. Oh yeah. Uh, well, well. Now, hang on. That was that was based off the old, old sixty TV show. show. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's because for a lot of us, that version of Emma Peel um, was right after Linda Carter as right. one of our first right. love interests, and Uma Thurman just wasn't pulling that off. Yeah, I think she has a very a, she, a very limited set of acting skills. Uma Thurman. Right. I liked her in Kill Bill. Of course. Well, that, of course. Great. That's. But because I, she didn't have to show any emotion yeah, in that movie. If you're movie. banging the director, he's going to make you look good. Honestly, I don't think I've seen her in anything else. So Yeah, you're going to yes, have to watch did. My Super Ex-Girlfriend. Yes, did. I did? <laughs> yeah, Batman and Robin is Poison Ivy. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a yeah. horrible movie. I've, I've tried to I don't. I, I, I don't talk about memory. that movie. Yeah. Right, no, so, a um, couple that worked here. Um, I think we all can agree Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and that was another casting that we're all like, who's this guy? 
I, yeah, I, 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 my thoughts on him, like you said, was who the, who's this guy? Because I'd never heard of him. Uh, and then but remember, when I saw the look of him in the face, I was like, well, he's got well, to yeah. doing his first interviews, and you had that Australian accent right. come out. You're going, holy crap, we got an Aussie as Wolverine. That ain't going to work. Right. And they and they did make sure to do the, the right cam, camera angles to make him look shorter than what he is. So that was good. Right, but he was obviously still too tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he was too tall. But I mean, the look in the face, I mean, he had the facial look. Right? Absolutely. And I also really loved um, Heath Ledger as Joker. Oh, everybody raised. Yeah, I thought that was. Oh God, Brokeback Mountain is going to be the joke. (laughs) Shut up and give the man a chance. Well, you've heard you've heard the whole story about the scene at the dinner party when he comes out, right? And that look of terror on uh, Michael Caine's face. Nobody on the set had seen his makeup yet. Yeah, right. Um, They kept that secret. So when he came out, that look of of just terror and dismay on Michael Caine's face that was real. Because Michael Caine actually forgot his lines. He yeah. was like, holy crap, he's terrifying. <laughs> well, I mean, he's sitting there. He's like, bloody hell. This a cost- uh, makeup, makeup department is off the chain. Right. right. <laughs> so, and then what do you guys got? I got a couple over here, too, that I still think we got to talk about. Uh, for ones that worked, um, I think that Patrick Stewart as Professor X is one of the greatest oh, yeah. casting yeah. jobs ever. And but you know who else? Were you, who else were you going to cast? That, in that was role? a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Well, you, well, you know, you know what he said when when he, he when he was cast as it, the first time he saw an X Men comic book yeah. with Professor X, he goes, he asked the person, "Why am I in this comic book?" Right, right. <laughs> that's that's what's great about it. it's like even before there was an, any X Men movie when it was all just speculation. Wizard uh, Magazine would put out these things as like casting calls. Casting calls. Yeah, yeah, I love those. I used to love that every month. Yeah, and so you'd see that, and anytime they mentioned X Men movie, it's like Patrick Stewart. Pa- Patrick Stewart right. is X Men. It was yeah. the role he was born to play. Speaking of X Men, literally, I, I want to give <laughs> yeah, literally, I want to give one that nobody talks about that I thought was really good, and he nailed it. Kelsey Grandma as the Beast and uh, yes. I, I did not like that movie, but he made a great yes. Beast. Yes, he and did he, make a great Beast. He I came in and, and nailed it. Yeah, yeah he did. And I, my favorite scene is when no one has seen him fight. Yeah, and he's going like, "Well," he said, "He said, Doctor McCoy, I didn't know you could." He said, "Well, there comes a time where one must." Oh, you get the point. And <laughs> 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 you know, the thing about it was when I first heard Kelsey Grammer was going to play the Beast. When I first heard it, before I went to the movie or anything like that, I was like, "This." Fraser Fraser Crane is the beast. <laughs> what the are they beast. thinking? And then I then I thought about how he acts as Fraser and everything, and how the beast personality he could be is erudite. Yeah. And, yeah, and I thought about for a moment, and I was like, "What was I thinking? This is perfect." Yeah, a little makeup it could work. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. This and, is gonna be perfect. And when he walked in with that blue makeup, he looked so natural. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, I'm not knocking Nicholas Hout. He's a great actor. Who, ladies and gentlemen, is also. The rumored second front runner for the new film, uh, the new Batman film, and I got some news on that too. Before we're done, um, Nicholas Hout just does Hout does just does not just does not do it for me as the Beast. He, he he looks like he he looks made up. He he, he doesn't he doesn't look natural right. like uh like um um Kelsey Grammer did. Yeah. Right. Well, well, the difference was Kelsey Grammer's makeup looked. Like it was actually part of them. Like yes. the fur was actually growing out. With right. Nicholas Howe, it was it was so obvious appliances and yeah. and, yeah. and stick them and what have you. And it's too blue. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too blue. Yeah. All right, so we have a few more here. You say you got some more information on the Batman movie, Cassie. Um, I was, um, as I made my way here, I was stopped in traffic, and I happened to see one of my buddies posted. Uh, this is probably pure rumor, and I'm almost sure it is. They're talking about that Matt Reeves is out and Ben oh, Affleck really? is back in as director. the director of the Batman and that it was it is not ruled out about him making an appearance I as would, Bruce Wayne. I would actually love that. And, man, if that is true, oh, my God. I, I would actually love that because I think Affleck was great as Batman. I yes, he was. I actually liked him as Batman. I don't know everybody why there was so much hate from so many people on it. Um, so those people are stupid. Man. Yeah. Well, yeah, they are. Well, I mean, I think they're mad at that movie. The <laughs> which, which one? Either of them. Well, he's in. He was in three of them. He was. He had a, a cameo in Suicide Squad. He was yeah. in Batman and really Superman, and he was in Justice League. Right. And hands down. Out of all the Batman films that have been made, 
I don't think anyone would argue with the fact that the warehouse scene in Batman versus Superman is the best Batman fight scene ever. It, yeah. it was good. Now, the problem is everybody complains that, well, Batman killed in it. Okay, go back and read Detective 27. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did in the beginning. He, that, that was part of his roots. Although, yeah. I tell you, one of my best, one of my favorite scenes is in Justice League when all of them show up on the roof and Commissioner Gordon like, it's nice to see you working with others again. And he's like, maybe temporarily. Maybe temporarily. <laughs> Especially after Jason Momoa shows, well, this is like a bat. I dig it. I can dig it. <laughs> or when they all disappear and, and flash, like, oh wow, they all just they just left. Which That's doesn't rude. make any sense. That That's doesn't make any sense. Right. Are we are we gonna talk about the Batwoman trailer? Is that out? Yeah. Yeah. I have not seen you mean, it. And I don't on, know on CW. I haven't seen it. I I don't know about you, but uh, this kind of stuff this uh, entered my feed, as it were, because I keep following all these right wing. You know, pundits and so forth on YouTube, but uh, a lot of people started talking about how this uh, it's a super duper like uh, feminist show. It's well, like it's got way more down votes. Well, the character is, the, a lesbian, is so. a lesbian. So I fine, that's fine and everything, but uh, don't go around male bashing because gotcha. you know, guess who your primary demographic of it's people who like super show, right. superheroes? See, I actually saw an article that CW had did a trailer, um, but I didn't know that. Batwoman was actually in it. I yeah. thought it was like a trailer for like Arrow or something because Arrow's getting cut. I guess they're gonna use. Oh, it'd be awesome if they used the last episode of Arrow to segue into the Batwoman, crisis. and we saw her right. again. Because you see her briefly in the Elseworlds crossover right. um, this year. So, but no, I haven't seen that. I'm gonna have to go find it and put it on the, the Lost in the Lawbox page, or if anything, just go look at it myself. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen it either. I heard. You know, I I knew they were gonna make the uh, the TV show, and I knew that they were casting Ruby Rose as as Batwoman, but that's. Pretty much the extent of what I knew. Right. So, oh, I got a, another casting that really, really worked for me, even though I hated the, the actual movie he's in. But I loved Thomas Hayden Church as Sandman. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was, yes. he was yeah. probably the only saving grace in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of all the actors, he's like, he's the one who brought brought his game. So. Right. And and you could tell that that movie was originally supposed to be much more oriented on Sandman's yes. story. Yes. But because he was... Um, you gotta the, have two villains. The director. Nah, yeah. uh, well, you end up having three. Yeah. Well, now, now well, I maybe remember, not three. Can't remember the name. Um, he was Harry he was, Osborne. He was told he had to shoehorn venom into that. But well, Sam Raimi. Th- yeah, yes, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. Right. <laughs> we all forgot. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting there drawing yeah. a blank. I think you know, if I'm not on the air, I could tell you like in five seconds. The Raimi trilogy. Mm. But so, and then of course Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. How many yeah. people, when she first got announced, went, oh, God, I'll raise my really? hand here. I, yeah. I had no faith in her as Wonder Woman. And then she showed, and then she and then showed she up on Batman versus Superman. You're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to have to eat crow now because and she's actually boy, playing this. And now, that's what I call an introduction. Oh, yeah. The, what was really great, if you're, if you're a big comic book fan, as soon as you saw whatever, you know, that blast from Dark Side, or Dark Side, damn, Doomsday. from Doomsday, hitting what, what you can't see, you knew immediately. I know what that is. That those are bracelets. <laughs> yeah. And then her music started, and because I think at least in the theater I was in, a bunch of people started clapping. They're like, "There she is." But I, you know what? We're off there. I'm going to tell you a problem I have with that scene and why it could have been so much better. Um, so I got one special one here that I'm saving for the end. If you guys want to list anything else you got, no. Nope. I think we're on to you. Uh, yeah, we we weren't we weren't allowed to talk about it. Oh, uh, right. But, um, I, I just yeah, like you forbade John. us from talking. I well, like that's it. because this is the the coup de gras, as they as they say. Oh yeah, and, uh, but I love just, just to give props. I hope to see him next weekend at the Comic Con. John Wesley's ship is both Barry Allen and Jay. He's Garrett. an awesome man. I, I saw him at Dragon Con a couple years ago. He is a fantastic guy. You're gonna love him. Yeah. By the way, Tommy, you wanted to give somebody a shout out, and we we didn't get to it. So right. throw it out there. So I wanted to give a shout out to CCS. They do pressing services for CGC Comics. Um, when Randy and I went to AwesomeCon a few weeks back, I gave two comics to be uh, pressed and then later sent to CGC to be graded. I paid in cash and you know went on about my business. I got two invoices in my email saying that I had not paid for these. So I took my receipt that I had gotten emailed from CGC and I sent it off to CCS to, to get it looked at and said, look, here's my receipt. I did pay for these. I sent them off at 3.20 in the afternoon on Monday. At 3.24, Barbara from CCS gets back to me and and tells me she is sorry for the mistake and the invoices have been paid in full. So a big shout out to CCS and Barbara for taking care of that so fast. It was incredible. I 
I was very impressed, and it turned what could have been a bad situation into something really great. So and big, see customer fantastic. services. Deal. Yeah, it Not certainly right. isn't. It certainly isn't. That was fantastic. So yes, thank you, CCS uh, Barbara, if you're listening out there. Woohoo! Great job. Uh, all right, so. We were talking about superhero castings that worked and superhero castings that didn't work. We have to give a special award to Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> he gets the distinction of having both worked and not worked for the same character. Deadpool in X-Men Origins Wolverine and Deadpool in his own movies. <laughs> right, yeah, because in, in X-Men Origins Wolverine, that that's, one stunk. Oh that's got to be some God. type of feat that you had both a crap role and a great that role for the same fault, character. Though. Yeah, the first <laughs> one wasn't his fault, though. That was just terrible. Well, I mean, I can imagine him getting the offer for that job. Right. And he's like, I get to play who? <laughs> Yeah, I'm on board and be and like out, super excited for it. And then you start to see how it all plays out for you in that movie. And it's just terrible. And then you tell him, oh, we're going to stitch your mouth up. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be so infuriating. It makes you want to get a real Deadpool movie going. <laughs> right. So, right. You know. But now, also, he also gets the, um, the, the worst credit yeah. for Green Lantern as well. Yeah, right guy, wrong movie. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, also not really his fault. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So before we go, got to make sure that you uh, guys get a feel of what else we have here. Remember, Madman's got his show Tuesday nights at uh, 6 o'clock. Um, Shock, Shock Monkey, Monkey Radio. Radio. Thank you. Enos has got two more pages um, that he has affiliated with us. Batman, yeah. Yesterday, Today, and Forever. And the realm of pop culture and superheroes, right? Superheroes, superheroes comics, and pop culture. There we go. And then, of course, you can always reach us at lostinalongbox at gmail.com and lostinalongb1 on Twitter. Um, until next time. We are going to be down here wondering, was clothing the best thing Reed Richards could have done with the unstable molecules? <laughs> I mean, really. Right. Why? Because we're lost in the long exactly. box. Exactly. Good night, week. everybody. Good night, everyone. <laughs>